What up, what up? It's Dramos from the Life as a Gringo podcast. And y'all already know, food has the power to bring people together. Whether it's takeout for two or watching the season finale of your favorite show or going to a barbecue with your peoples. Both go great with an ice-cold Coca-Cola by your side. And if you can't cook, chips and dip work, especially as you listen to your go-to podcast. At Michael Tura, we know familia, friends, and community matter. That's why we aim to elevate Latino voices. So share the magic of our podcast with your friends and add a Coca-Cola to the mix. Because there's magic when we eat together. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the Michael Tura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows, Like Life is a Gringo, available on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. Mr. Call Screener, Richie V, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and we're here 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden in New York City. Speaking of New York City, today, Angela Stanton King, the American King Foundation, and other advocates that are promoting putting an end to medical apartheid were gathered at City Hall, and we're going to hear a little bit from their panel discussion this weekend, which was um, lively to say the least. And as we speak right now, it's uh, just about after four o'clock in the afternoon, there's the, a march going all over the city, all over the Brooklyn Bridge. Teachers are involved making their way to the Australian consulate. Now, I don't know exactly what the obsession with Australia is other than a forewarning saying, oh my gosh, if we continue doing everything that we're doing and allowing all these bad things to happen, we end up like Australia. That part, I guess I could stomach. But for the rest of it, I have no idea why there's an obsession with Australia. Maybe it's a beautiful place and all that stuff. Maybe people like Outback Steakhouse, whatever it is. But I can tell you, we don't operate the way they do. In the 90s, they lost all of their guns or a good majority of their guns. And and their states became more um, more autocratic saying, no, we can't have this. That's not an American idea. We live in America. And that's why when people tell me, oh, you got to look at Australia, I think, for what? Why would I look to Australia for leadership? Why would I look to Europe for leadership? If part of what I stand for is the promotion of American exceptionalism, the American free market, why would I look to Europe where they have taxation into like 60% in some places because Everything's free, quote unquote, right? You get to go to college for free. You get um, health care for free. Everything's free. And what makes the United States so much better, and I laugh thinking about this, is because that's exactly why we're better is because you're paying less in tax and you have the option of a free market approach to health care. It's not the government guaranteeing you what you need, but it's actually doctors competing and you have choices and that's why when people are sick in canada for like serious health stuff like heart surgery heart transplant heart whatever they come to the united states they sneak in and i know my buddy brandon used to live in detroit heard about it all the time he used to tell me people sneak in people have told me themselves 
This is what they do. You're better off walking in with chest pain into a Detroit emergency room than making an appointment and going to your doctor, the cardiologist or what have you, in Canada. Because their health system will leave you for dead. And you don't get to pick and choose and get the best doctor. In the United States, you may not get to pick and choose the best doctor in the emergency room, but you'll have a way better shot at living if they find you with a serious situation going on. They're going to patch you up, send you the bill, whether you can pay for it or not. That's the American healthcare system. That's not what's happening in Canada. Now, I know a lot of people tell me, oh, but I was on vacation. I went to this little storefront and they fixed me all up and boom. They said I didn't owe them anything because everything was paid for by the government. All right, look, this segment isn't about the uh, perils of socialism and and the um, benefits of having socialized medicine. It's not. Uh, What I want to talk about uh, in in today's show is some of the comments that Dr. Fauci made. I want to talk about what's going on with the big protest that's happening in New York City. And, of course, I want to talk about what uh, is happening with the um, debt crisis and how Joe Biden is trying to now pin on the Republicans that this whole issue with them wanting to spend more money than is in our ability to spend and raise the debt ceiling, so they're asking for an increase on their credit limit, is something that is somehow something the Republicans are doing when Republicans are saying, no, we don't want to agree to raising the debt ceiling. And what's really interesting to me is how is it that we could raise the debt ceiling to spend more when we know we can't afford it. Nobody in America does that, except for the government. You know, so Biden says that the GOP, the Republican Party, is playing Russian roulette when he's the one spending like a madman. Listen to this. Democrats will meet our responsibility and obligation to this country. We're not expecting Republicans to do their part. They made it clear from the beginning. We tried asking to no avail. We're just asking them not to use procedural tricks to block us from doing the job that they won't do. Meteor is is headed to crash into our economy. Democrats are willing to do all the work stopping it. Republicans just have to let us do our job. Just get out of the way. We don't want to help save the country. Get out of the way so you don't destroy it. We don't have time to delay with elaborate procedural schemes, which Republicans' proposals require. Scores of votes without any certainty at all, many of which have nothing to do with the debt limit at all. And that's when accidents happen. In the days ahead, even before the default date, people may see the value of their retirement accounts shrink. They may see interest rates go up which will ultimately raise their mortgage payments and car payments. And the American people, look, I just say it this way. As soon as this week, your savings and your pocket, your uh, pocketbook could be directly impacted by this Republican stunt. It's as simple as that. Republicans say they will not do their part to avoid this needless calamity. So be it. But they need to stop playing Russian roulette with the U.S. economy. (laughs) 
absolute insanity. But I got to tell you, I am impressed in his ability to put this on the other guys every single time. Almost like Adam Schiff, right? When they were framing President Trump, saying there was Russian this and Russian that, which has now been proven by the Inspector General's report. It never happened. The Russians weren't involved. Their source was Christopher Steele, a spy who was hired by the Hillary Clinton campaign. And it was all disguised because she hired a law firm and the law firm hired Christopher Steele. So it was a little, as uh, Levin says, a money laundering scheme. But in effect, this is all political operation. And it wasn't true. Not one bit of it. But they went for it and they put it in the media and they pretended it was real and blah, blah, blah. And now you have the same thing. Biden's straight up lying saying that this is not to spend future future funding. Well, let's see. There's a continuing resolution for the fiscal year that ended on the 30th. So to say that this is not for future spending is it, just wholly inaccurate. This is all about a, a bill that they're trying to sign, and they can't sign it without raising the debt ceiling. And they got to stay within bounds. I mean, how hard is that to figure out? It's not hard at all. But they want to play games because they figured, you know what, we can always lie. Like when they said, well, this thing's already paid for, so it costs zero dollars. Oh, I see. Great. So it costs zero dollars, but it's called a $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. Got it. But it's but it costs nothing because, you know, it's paid for already. Right now, this isn't like saying a tax cut when they say, oh, but who pays for these tax cuts for the rich? Well, clearly... If you're cutting money out of something, you know, if you go to buy a car and it's $20,000 and they give it to you for 15, who pays for the five grand that you didn't pay? Nobody pays because it, it isn't paid. You only paid 15. And this is the same situation. They're saying, look, you've got to balance the budget and you've got to stay within this. And they're saying, no, we have to raise the debt ceiling in order to blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But the point is, if you keep it within limits, There is no problem. Stay under the debt ceiling. That's why there is a debt ceiling, right? You can't go higher than that amount. I mean, this isn't rocket science, but they want to pretend it is. And they think you, the American people, are stupid. And honestly, a good portion of Americans are stupid. When it comes to politics, they just, maybe not stupid, they're just disengaged. And they don't care. So what happens is, they hear this on the news. It's repeated 27 times before they get home from work. Then they hear it another 27 times between their social media stuff and the um, late night comedians, which will magically throw this in there one way or another. And voila, by the time they rest their head on the pillow, they're like, you know, I don't really pay attention to politics. I don't consider myself somebody that likes politics, right? How many people, you know, most people say that. Most people say, I don't like politics. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm an independent. I'll vote for whoever's good. Most people say that. Maybe not most people listening to this program, but most people in general, at least a third of our country, if not more. So what happens? They're like, oh, yeah, no, no. The Republicans are destroying the economy. And just like that, you've got Joe Biden doing Lord knows what to keep ships from pulling into port that have meat, that have this, that have that, whatever goods. The cost of every good out there is going through the roof. It's almost as if Joe Biden is trying to strangle the American people by way of suffocating them, literally, from getting what they need. Maybe figuratively, all right? I don't want to be too harsh. This is not cool. And those of us that are paying attention see exactly what's going on. All right, Rich, we know the problems, but what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Listen, what do we do is always the same thing. 
You get out there, you bang the pots and pans, you make a lot of noise. Speaking of pots and pans and making a lot of noise, straight ahead we're going to talk about the protest on medical apartheid and ending it here in New York City. There was a bunch of people gathered over the weekend for a big panel presentation. Uh, My homegirl from Atlanta, from the ATL, Angela Stanton King, she put that together with a bunch of other people. So we're going to get some audio on that. You're going to hear uh, from them on that. And then... They're back at it again today in City Hall Park, across from Mayor de Blasio's office uh, in City Hall, making some more noise. So don't move a muscle. We're just getting started. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And we're on all the social media at Rich Valdez. Make sure you give us a follow. Check us out. I appreciate it when you guys drop the comments. And, of course, those five-star ratings, they mean the world to me. Thank you for listening. Thanks for taking the time out to drop a comment and a review and share this stuff, whether it's by text or whatever. Whenever you guys do that, people send me inbox messages and I I get uh, emails and people say, look, I sent the uh, link to your podcast to my cousin. I think they would really appreciate your your delivery, your flow, your style, whatever it is. Uh, Thank you. Because I realize you have a lot of options and this is a a battle for ear time, not air time, right? You're not in the car listening most of the time. And if you are, you're listening off of your podcast device. We're on iHeartRadio and every other uh, major podcast platform. So I appreciate you choosing this program to stay up to speed on what's happening and for information, opinion, analysis and all that stuff. So I really, really do appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate it when you text these things to your friends and send them a link to the next show or the most recent show. And I appreciate it when you guys binge a few shows in a row to catch up on because that's what it's all about, making sure everybody's up to speed on what's going on. And I do appreciate it. And I have some developments on the show that I want to talk about. So we're going to get to that soon. Maybe in a next episode or two in the next week or so, I'll announce um, some uh, improvements and expansions and things like that that we're doing. But until then, I want to get circling back. I want to circle back to this topic of being in New York. Now, New York City today, it was a little bit rainy, but uh, Angela Stanton King and her crew of people were out there uh, giving a press conference and that crew and some others gathered over the weekend as well. And they were together because there are doctors and lawyers and a bunch of people getting together saying, look, It's wrong that Americans are losing their jobs, their livelihoods over this. Now, listen, I understand. I can argue both sides of this. I'm not saying I agree, but I can understand if a private company says, we want you to have this, that, and the other. uh, It's up to the lawyers to figure out if that's illegal. Where it becomes very um, tricky to me is when it's a matter of faith. And somebody says, you know, I'm not getting this vaccine because it's a matter of faith. I happen to have natural God-given immunity from that. I can provide a blood test if you want, but I don't want to have to ingest any one of the available vaccines into my body um, at, you know, at your behest. 
And I guess, you know, people have to make a choice. Do they want to work in that place or not? Or request the accommodation and hopefully they get the accommodation. But I think it becomes tricky when it's voluntary, right? Employment is voluntary. So this is, a, you know, a roundabout way, like um, not Rahm Emanuel, the Ron Klain, the new uh, chief of staff in the White House, when he said this is the ultimate workaround. And it really is in many ways. Now, hopefully this won't last forever because it's on such shaky legal ground that you have to force companies to force people to get these things. It, it seems very unjust. And my hope is that we'll, uh, we'll come out of this on the other side in a better place. But at the moment, that's where we are. It's a horrible place to be. Now, Dr. Fauci, he had some comments on this stuff that we're going to get to in a minute. But this push that they have on everyone getting their Vax passport and all of this stuff, I mean, to me, it's nauseating. I wish I could have grabbed the audio somehow, but I wasn't able to. But in New Jersey, they have an ad that's playing on radio stations, podcasts, streaming servers, whatever, from the state of New Jersey. And it's a skit, right? They do this skit where they're like emulating a doctor wheeling in a patient or an ambulance person wheeling in a patient. And it's like you hear some hospital sounds, you know, beep, beep, beep. And then uh, you hear the guy say, uh, make way, make way. We've got a COVID patient here. And, and, and she's all out of breath. And she's and I think I might have mentioned this on the last podcast, but it's just so striking to me because it's not even a real story. And But this younger sounding woman, she says, Mom, I'm so sorry. I, I should have taken the vaccine. Tell all my friends I should have taken the vaccine. And then this cool, clever announcer comes out and says, you know, uh, COVID-19 vaccines are available to everyone in New Jersey. Go to COVID-19 slash NJ dot this, that, whatever on the third. And what I find interesting about the whole thing is that there's such a push for this stuff, making it seem as if that it, it, it would stop transmission when we know it's it won't and it doesn't. And there's a lot of lies and misinformation coming from the government on this topic. So I, I look at that and I think, wow, that's the New Jersey approach. And the New York approach, they said, you know what, we're not going to try and scare you like the propaganda coming out of New Jersey with this fake thing where, you know, it sounds like a doctor and, a, and a, some young person that's dying. But in New York, they try to take, uh, you know, instead of that that push approach, they're using the pull approach. And in New York, it's got this, you know, fancy radio announcer that comes out and, and they're saying things like, yay, the time has come. You guys qualify for your Vax passports. That's right, New Yorkers. You are amongst the first Americans to qualify for the Vax Pass, the Vax Pass. And they make it sound like it's the best thing in the world. Now you too can participate in indoor activities, restaurants, indoor sports, and more. Get your New York City Vax Pass at New York City Vax Pass dot blah, 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 blah. Dot gov. And I'm thinking, is anybody falling for that? Is anybody like getting excited? Like, oh my gosh, you're letting me have my liberty. Thank you so very much. Wow. I just couldn't believe the different approaches they were taking here to sell this mess to the public. And people are, do they really think we're that dumb? Look, I know I said that there are some people that are, I don't want to say dumb or stupid because it's rude and it's insulting and it's not even accurate. I don't think everybody's stupid. I think people are just disengaged. They're ignorant. They don't know better. They don't know what's going on with the government because they're disenchanted by the government. They're turned off by politics. I get that. But it really is insulting to one's intelligence. And it's particularly insulting 
when um, Dr. Fauci says the things he says. And I got an audio clip I want to play of his, but I also have the audio clip from Angela Stanton King and so many of the folks that were at this, uh, both the Q&A forum that happened in Brooklyn on Saturday and the press conference that happened today. And that's why I kind of waited till today to see if I could get some of the clips from that. Uh, But I want you to hear this one clip that I have from the uh, conversation that occurred. And this is from Real America's Voice. Uh, Drew Hernandez was covering the event, and there's a, a audio clip of people sharing their heart on this issue. Listen to this. Our bodily autonomy is a basic, fundamental right. I get to do with my body what I want to do with it. You, no one gets to come and tell me to do that. When you identify a person, a people group, and determine that they need to be vaccinated, that is just racism. Yeah. Do you understand that? That's discrimination. I walk in and you're asking me if I'm clean or unclean? pretty much what you're asking me. So that's when I deserve service, depending on if I've been vaccinated. These are uncircumcised Philistines that are coming against us. Right on. I give them so much props for getting together and doing this and having this conversation and bringing medical doctors in, bringing natural natural doctors, naturopathic doctors, bringing in lawyers, bringing in activists, really bringing a town hall community meeting to Brooklyn, New York. So kudos to Angela Stanton King from Georgia for doing that and organizing this in New York because – This is a conversation that has to be had so that people know what their options are because they're not getting so much of this information from the readily available sources like the media and the Internet. I mean, lamentably, you go on Google and a lot of the stuff that they don't want you to know, they just they label it as misinformation because they they feel that it's wrong. And listen, I could say it's more sinister than that, but I'm going to be generous. But I think in real life, we have to have access to information. We have to be able to share ideas. And if you don't think they're accurate, then come and argue with me and say, you know what? I think you're wrong and here's why. And, and let's have this public debate and have the conversation as long as it's on topic, right? It's nothing worse than you're like, you know, and this is why Afghanistan is in a mess. And somebody calls and wants to talk about monetary policy and the International Monetary Fund or the World Economic Forum and their chairman. And, and here's the, the, the great reset is coming and here's why and batting down the hatches and everything's going to hell. And you're like, but I was only talking about Afghanistan. Like, how do you make that connection, right? That type of stuff drives me up the wall because you want to have a focused conversation on a singular topic or even a multitude of topics, but let it make sense. Let it flow because otherwise you become like the bureaucrats, right? You become like Fauci, good old Dr. Anthony Fauci, the Fouchster, as I like to call him. I need to get like a little sound effect made. So whenever we talk about Dr. Fauci, we hear something that goes like this. Paging Dr. Fauci, paging Dr. Fauci, with like little bells and whistles in the background. So many things we got to work on, but we're going to get those. And Dr. Fauci, he he says the craziest things about about everything, but, but in particular about COVID and all this stuff. And he made this um, comment. Uh, let's see when this was yesterday, Sunday on the Sunday Show, State of the Union on CNN, and he was on with somebody else because I guess Fake Tapper had the night off. And he says, look, it's not immigrants that are spreading COVID into the United States. And it's just really interesting. But Dana Bash asks him, 
are immigrants a major reason why COVID-19 is spreading in the U.S.? And listen to this incredible response. Check this out. Are immigrants a major reason why COVID-19 is spreading in the U.S.? No, absolutely not, Dan. I mean, if you just look at the data and look at the people who've gotten infected, look at the people who are in the hospital, look at the people who've died, this is not driven by immigrants. This is the problem within our country the same way it's a problem with other countries throughout the world. I mean, the idea when you have 700,000 Americans dead and millions and millions and millions of Americans getting infected that you don't want to look outside to the problem. The problem is within our own country. Certainly immigrants can get infected, but they're not the driving force of this. Let's face reality here. (laughs) This is the best. This is incredible to me. So good old Dr. Fauci, the Fauch, as uh, Levin calls him and the Fauch stir, as I like to call him. This is funny because his immediate answer is no, period. Absolutely not, period. Then he goes on, if you just look at the data and, uh, you know, uh, uh, and he goes into this whole thing. I'm not going to do my whole Fauci impression. It's not that good anyway. But he ends up saying, uh, the problem is within our country, certainly immigrants can get infected, but they're not the driving force of this. Let's face reality here. Now, hold on a second. <laughs> so you, he, he literally just said that they're coming from different countries. We don't even know the situation with COVID in those countries. This to me begs two questions. The first of which is, what data are you looking at that explicitly tells you that these people did not come infected from their home country? Number one, I don't think he can necessarily answer that super easy unless he's got all this this information on people that are COVID positive and that are infected and he knows exactly where they were all born. I can tell you, I've taken like, I don't know, maybe 16 or 17 of these COVID tests. Nobody's ever asked me where I was born, or even for my address, honestly. They asked me for my phone number, and uh, one person asked me for my insurance card. But other than that, that was it. Nobody's ever asked me for my citizenship status, my address, or anything like that. So if I would have tested positive in any one of those situations, they wouldn't have had that information. They would have just been able to send me the text or send me the email or give me the phone call and say, hey, Mr. The name you gave me, in this case, Rich Valdez, you have a positive infection, which I did not. Didn't have it every single time I didn't have it. And I think in between somewhere, I I, I didn't feel well. I went for a test and they still said I didn't have it. So my next test, and I'll share it with you guys on the air if I do, is to go get the antibody test and to see if I have antibodies to this thing that I've tested negative for all throughout. But anyway, my point is, what data is he looking at that he would know? So he's clearly only looking at hospitalized data, right? Hospitalization data, where maybe they have an address on file for someone that's tested positive and is hospitalized. But if you're positive and not hospitalized, how would you know where these people come from? So the first question is, how do you know, right? Because I think you're full of it, number one. Now, the second question is, is there something you know that I don't know? Because if you can definitively say with a high degree of certitude that no, I know for a matter of fact, you, the people from Honduras, the people from El Salvador, the people from uh, 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 Mexico and wherever it is, right, that are coming to the United States. If those people, if he definitively knows that they do not have COVID, it means there's a reason he knows why people in the United States are getting COVID. Is there something we're doing that's exacerbating it amongst Americans? What do you know that we don't know, sir? Hmm. 
It's a very, very fishy question. Anyway, straight ahead, I want to talk about AOC's comments. She had a few crazy things to say on the um, budget issue, and we're going to wrap up with that and a few final thoughts that I have. Don't move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. Bienvenido, America. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. Now, it's funny, as often as I say that, people like Valdez, V-A-L-D-E-Z, right? And I'm like, no, it's Valdez with an S. And they look at me like I'm speaking a different language. Maybe I need to phrase that better. Valdez and it ends with an S. I don't know. Anyway, AOC, all out crazy, our least favorite congressperson from the Bronx and Queens, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You know, there's that like scary music on Instagram. It goes, dun, dun, dun. I want to play that when I say that. I also want to create, one time we created a jingle uh, when I was with WABC and, um, it was um, Chris Libertini. He's terrific, by the way. If you ever need a audio imaging, he used to do it for Howard Stern. And he's the main guy at, at, at WABC. Chris Libertini is a voice actor. He's terrific. He did a, a skit that I, I inspired. And I told him, I said, I want to do a song that says, you down with AOC? Hell no, not me. You down with AOC? And, and uh, you know, that type of thing. A play on uh, you down with OPP from my guy, Tretch, who was supposed to be in here last week. Tretch, if you're listening. Um, what's good, man? Send me that text. We're supposed to meet up. He's doing an episode of Growing Up Hip Hop. His daughter stars in that uh, show. And he uh, wanted to come on. I bumped into him at Waterside Restaurant and Catering in North Bergen, New Jersey. And he said, you know, let's chop it up. And I said, what do you want to talk about? He said, let's talk about this all this crime. And he was saying how he's brokering these sit-downs. And this is just a complete aside from the AOC stuff. Uh, but uh, rapper, Grammy-nominated, Grammy-winning actor Tretch, Anthony Chris uh, from Naughty by Nature, legendary hip-hop group, he was telling me that there's this um, – you know, there's in the street, there's there's these people that they look up to, obviously the OGs like him, original gangster, that are brokering these deals, him and others, to slow down some of the shooting and the killing because crime has become so, so extensive in New York City, in Newark, New Jersey, and, and so many big urban cities across America. And he's saying, look, you know, he's like, look, you've always been a Republican. I met him when I did uh, a, a fundraiser while I was with Governor Chris Christie's administration in New Jersey, a Republican governor. We did a, a fundraiser together where he was generous enough to headline the show to help people and raise awareness for the, the problems that we had related to Hurricane Sandy back in 2012. It's a long time ago, nine years ago. So 
you look at that and you say, you know, Tretch has always been about the community. He's always been a friend of mine and a good guy to me. And he said, you know, he, he was telling me, he was like, yo, Rich Valdez. I don't do a great Tretch impression, but and he was like, yo, I don't understand why, like, you were Republican. It doesn't matter if you were Republican. If you my boy, you my boy. We don't have to agree on everything. That's that's what it's all about. And that's how we got into this talk about how he's brokering these deals between Bloods and Crips and other gangs, you know, that look up to him. And, and I thought, man, that's a great topic for the podcast and I want to get you on and we're working on that. But my point is you've got people that are taking that type of leadership role and then you've got people like AOC that aren't doing that, that are literally just trying to make things worse than they are. And it's horrible because AOC has this huge following that she could truly tap into and say, let's try and make this right. But instead, she's saying, no, 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 we've got to pass this infrastructure bill. And of course, the the, the infrastructure reconciliation and the uh, debt ceiling, you know, are somewhat excluded from one another, but yet somehow all mutually in the same situation because it's more spending. Her take on this is the White House isn't making the demands hard enough. Demands for excluding universal child care, universal pre-K, these are very problematic. She's trying to hold America hostage, and she has before, because federal government of the United States is not giving billions and trillions of dollars to take care of other people's children. Mind you, we've always had a K through 12, then there's pre-K. Now they have, like, it's like, at what point do you raise your own children? Listen to this. The head of your caucus, the Progressive Caucus, um, was on another network this morning, and Representative Jayapal said $1.5 trillion is just too small. That's the number that Senate moderates, Joe Manchin in particular, want to get down to. President Biden, according to our reporting from Ed O'Keefe, our, our correspondent, says you're going to have to settle for about $2 trillion. Is that an acceptable ceiling for you? So here's, the, here's where I think the problem is, is that when we talk about top line numbers, there's a lot that is, is hidden in that discussion. And so the reason why this, this conversation shouldn't be about numbers, but it should be about what substantive programs are, w are willing to be excluded or that- It's coming from the White House. Yeah, but the, the White House isn't making the demands to exclude universal child care or universal pre-K. This is coming from the more conservative wing of the Democratic Party. The budget bill that House progressives are trying to fight for, the Biden Build Back Better agenda, includes universal pre-K, free community college, expansion of Medicare. We're fighting for expansion of Medicaid. And these are the things that we are saying, in addition to the very real climate threat that we have, emissions reductions are worth standing up for. But AOC, she feels like, no, it's the government's job to raise your kid. It's the government's job to offer pre-K, pre-pre-K, all sorts of universal programs. And listen, I I'm all about education. And I, I, I do. I believe in, in Head Start. I think Head Start is terrific. It's a federal program. So I'm not going to sit here. And, and if she was arguing for an, uh, an expansion of that, the problem is it seems to be the way she's arguing and, and so voraciously, like if that's not in there, look, Head Start's there and Head Start has criteria. To make it universal now, meaning it doesn't matter your income, everybody's available, I think this is a problem. I really do. We can't continue to spend money like this to have universal health care, universal this, universal basic income, universal pre-K, universal pre-pre-K, universal you name it. How much universality can we have? How can we maintain a tax structure? We can't. 
And that's what happens. So the economy collapses, right? Eventually it will. It won't be able to withstand all of this. We'll be in debt beyond our ability to collect revenue. That's an eventuality that we're going to face. So what do we do? We got to get rid of AOC. I mean, 330 millions in American, probably about 100 or 110 or 120, I don't know, maybe even as high as 150 million people actually vote. And that seems really high. But let's just arguably say that's the number. How is it that all of these people can't defeat one single solitary congresswoman coming from a district with 700,000 people? Now, I looked at this district. I studied the district. I was thinking of running against her and moving into the district. And I realized it's probably better suited for somebody who's already there that has more of a grassroots appeal. And it didn't work for them. They had a lot of different issues well, from petition signatures to just, I mean, it was obviously an uphill battle given her popularity and whatnot. But the point, keep trying. <laughs> you know, All right, swing and a miss, change the batter. Go, you go. All right, your turn. Keep going. Keep pushing. We can't continue to have this. You've got four congresswomen that are, in, in effect, hijacking so much of the policy and the, uh, the at least the rhetorical aspect of what's happening in, in Washington. Pelosi's about to resign. She's clearly given in to them. This is going to be their world if we don't elect more Claudia Tennys, more Jim Jordans. We have to have more people in Congress fighting, more like before he left to become governor, Ron DeSantis. Great congressman out of Florida. We've got to push more in that direction. Otherwise, we're screwed. Because she'll keep pushing for all of these universal programs. And on top of that, she's going to push for even more. All out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's going to push for the Green New Deal, saying it's non-negotiable. She said this one yesterday, too. Check this out. For you, what is non-negotiable? You know, I think some of um, some of the climate provisions that we have... We cannot afford to increase carbon or just fossil fuel emissions at this time. That is simply the science. That is not something we can kick down the line. Uh, right now, both the IPCC report saying that this is code red for humanity, as well as recent reporting saying that if you're under 40, like myself, like millions of Americans, you will be seeing catastrophic increase in the You're going to run right into Senator Joe Manchin on those issues, mm-hmm. though. You know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think um, I think Senator Manchin's going to run into the science as well. So this is fascinating, right? So she says, Margaret Brennan, host of Face of the Nation, tells her, uh, yeah, you're going to run into Joe Manchin on this one. Because, of course, he's got to, he, he can't become a Green New Deal guy. There's, there's coal jobs. There's smokestack industry jobs in West Virginia and in Virginia and, and in many parts of the country, for that matter. But his constituency relies on that. So he's in a tough spot, just like Senator Senator Cinema, and, and not for the same reasons, but for their own independence. And listen, I'm all about and getting in somebody's face. I'm all about putting a microphone in someone's face and saying, "Hey, look, what what, what do you want to say?" As long as you're in the public square, you guys know I, I ran the national operation for James O'Keefe at Project Veritas, 2014-2015. We did a lot of that stuff. I'm all about it, but we also had a team of lawyers to make sure we were never violating state laws, recording somebody that we weren't allowed to record. Meanwhile, these people followed Senator Cinema from her classroom in a what, what I'm going to presume was a locked, non-public university setting. Even if it's a public university, you're not necessarily open to the public. When you're in a classroom, you have to pay tuition to sit in. And then she goes to the bathroom and they follow her into the bathroom and the camera keeps rolling. And this to me is astonishing. 
that they're doing this because these would be the people that should be sticking up for all the rights of everybody out there. And they didn't do a damn thing. She had to hide in a stall and flush the toilet. It's fair game when she's on the street, but if she dips out to the bathroom, you got to let the lady go to the bathroom and put the camera away. And that's where we are. That's the level of aggressiveness that the left has. When they're right in your face, holding a camera, saying, hey, look, I knocked on doors to get you elected, and I'll do whatever I can to unseat you. Are we doing that to the left? Following him into bathrooms? We're going to say, no, we're decent people. We follow the rules. We do the right thing. And we have to continue to follow the rules and do the right thing. But it doesn't mean that we can't play a little bit more aggressively. And I think that's the lesson here is we've got to be more aggressive. We've got to be like those folks in Brooklyn, having these much needed conversations and rallying our troops, giving them a reason to come out, getting people together, letting them know what's going on. Because Biden, he's been clearly um, unaffected by this. He says, oh, that's just part of the process, getting in people's faces. So look, we're going to have to get in people's faces, maybe not in the bathroom, but we're going to have to get in people's faces. And it doesn't mean for a fight, but it means to have a conversation. Anyway, you know what to do because the only thing that is going to stop evil from triumphing is good people like you. And if you stand for nothing, you fall for anything. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. No matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. And now shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.